Hallelujah. Go to the word of the Lord with me as we dismiss our Sunday school. We're going to move quickly. How many, how many here have served in the armed forces? Anyone wave at me? You served in the military. All right. God bless you. We have a little bit of a soldier sermon today. So I pray that this is a blessing to you. And uh, uh, hey, come on now. I'm ready. 2 Timothy 2, verses 3 through 4 is where we're parked today in the house of God. And for the word of the Lord to go forward, I think I'm going to start at verse 1, just so we get some context. That's 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace of that is in Christ Jesus. Where is this grace located? Very good. Remember that the grace of God is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many, witness. Everybody say witness. That is what you need to do every single day. The same commit thou to faithful men. Everybody say faithful men. We need some good soldiers in the house of God. Who, And that's not just gender-related, good sisters who are soldiers. Any sisters who are soldiers here? Make some noise. All right. This side is winning. This side needs to win. We need coffee over here. Caffeine on the right side. Deliver that, team leaders. No. Faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also? Amen. Thou therefore endure... Oh, here we go. Put your steel-toed boots on. We're going to get into the deep stuff here. Thou, therefore, endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. How are you a good soldier? Let's reverse engineer this sentence. How are you a good soldier? If you endure hardness. Amen. How many want to please the Lord? I do want to please the Lord. And if any man, let's see. No, I skipped a verse. Verse number four, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life or doesn't get involved in the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. If a man, and if a man also strive, I verse five, for the masteries, yet is not, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully. I want to stop there, and I want to tell you, your cross has a crown. Amen. Whatever cross you carry in life, there's a crown prepared for you. And Paul is saying here to Timothy, I want you to know that there is some counsel that I need to give you, some exhortation that I need to give you from the experiences of my life. I feel I'm a veteran soldier of the cross, and I want you to know that I have committed my life to Jesus Christ every day. In fact, I will tell you and put it in Scripture that I die daily. Amen. That when I get up in the morning and I pray, I tell the Lord, I, I will die for you today, and I will die for you tomorrow, and I will die for you the next day. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about something known as the soldier's cross, the cross we bear and the sacrifices we make. Amen. Jesus, touch your word. 
minister through it, Lord God. We come off an amazing week, Lord Jesus, and we just want to remind ourselves that even though you are doing great things, we're still going to see struggles through life, but you're bigger than every struggle. You're bigger than every hardship. You're bigger than every difficulty in the name of Jesus. We ask it, and you're worthy of us following you, Lord. In Jesus' name, you may be seated in the house of the Lord. The fallen soldier's battle cross is also known as the soldier's cross. The battlefield cross or battle cross, as they have shortened it to be a symbolic replacement of a cross. In other words, it represents the sacrifice of that soldier who passed away or died in battle. It's a marker appropriate to the individual because it has his rifle and it has his boots and it has his helmet and oftentimes has their dog tags. They put the bayonet into the ground, meaning that the soldier died in battle. And so we understand that this is placed near the place of the soldier's passing. It is a representation of the soldier's loss of life. And it is to remind everyone, not only for their brothers, to mourn the loss of a fallen soldier, but it is to be a remembrance that we who see it and those who have seen pictures online of, of the cross, of the soldier's cross, that we remember and we honor and we impart the value and the price of freedom to the next generation. This is a symbol of what freedom costs, brothers and sisters. And on Memorial Day weekend, Memorial Day is reminding us again, we have a national day of celebration of those who gave their life as the ultimate sacrifice in battle. Amen? You have been through many Memorial Day services. You have maybe even been to Memorial Day uh, events and ceremonies at cemeteries that recognize the veterans that are buried there. I want to tell you that this is not a cemetery sermon, amen? This is not a dead sermon. This is a sermon that's focused on the sacrifice it costs for freedom, amen? And the meaning of that battle cross is very important because it is something that symbolizes what it took to be free. Amen. The soldier's battle cross has an interesting history. Maybe you know about it. It has its origin dating to the Civil War in that when soldiers were hastily buried between battles, the final resting place or the rifle was stabbed into the ground to mark their final resting place. Anything which identified the fallen was placed on the rifle so others would know who eternally rested there. Today, service members on the battlefield often are unable to attend the funerals of their fallen brothers and sisters in arms. So the battlefield cross or soldier's cross is placed in honor of those who have perished as a way to pay their last respects. Amen. And that that's also remind ourselves that there was one who came and gave his life and his battle cross forever stands throughout all of history not as a memorial or a cemetery monument but it is necessary for us to go to the cross again and again and again and remind ourselves of the cost of spiritual freedom that we had come through his sacrifice and we have come through his death and we have come through 
to his resurrection. And so we stand across on the platforms and we put crosses on the building of the church. Why? Not because it's a memorial to the death of a man, but it's a memorial to the God who got up out of the grave and the only God that would come to save, sanctify us and deliver us. I'm thankful for the battle cross of Jesus Christ that tells us that we have a new helmet of salvation. We have new boots to walk in and we have new identity on our tags and we have been labeled by heaven, not by earth. Amen. I'm grateful for what God has done for us on this Memorial Day for his death bought our freedom. His is the greatest soldier's cross. Amen, somebody? Amen, amen, amen. Amen. The rifle bayonet affixed is the most important tool of the United States fighting soldier or woman. It is the core of their livelihood and key to their survival. It is thrust in the ground signifying that one that the one being remembered died in battle fighting to the end. It is also it also signifies that the battle is over when the rifle is left this way. The second thing that they include are the boots. You can see it in the graphic here, the battlefield cross. The boots carry a service member through the fight of their, for their freedom. They are the first and most important means of transportation. The boots are placed at the base of the rifle. They are worn and dirty, reminding us that the final march to that of the final march to that last battle that it takes a lot out of you to fight for Jesus Christ it takes a lot out of you to fight a, a good fight brothers and sisters anybody here with me you've got to put in your time in order to see things from eternity amen Amen. But we have to have an eternal focus. We have to keep walking every day knowing that even though we're kicking dust, we're making a difference in the lives of others and eternity will be changed because of what we do in our day-to-day -day life. Amen. Our witness does matter, brothers and sisters. It does matter because we have an eternal focus. We know that sacrifice will happen. The dog tags are worn by each service member. They have imprinted on them all of the important identification information regarding that individual. The dog tags are hung from the rifle so that the name of the fallen will be remembered and never forgotten. Anybody remember the name of the fallen for you? Anybody remember the name of the one who died for you and set you free? Anybody remember the name that is higher than any other name? Anybody remember the name that you put on your lips to come out of addiction? Anybody remember the name that you prayed to get your children out of addiction? Do you remember the name that you gave in order to say I was set free and delivered and it was only by the name of Jesus that I came out? Do you remember your identity is in him when you go down in baptism in the name of Jesus and you are stamped with his name and now all of the eternal forces know that you are sealed and then when you got filled with the Holy Ghost, you got sealed by his spirit and now forever walking, you may be kicking dust, but you have dog tags. You're a soldier in the army of the Lord and every environment you walk into, every place that you go, you now put down boots of dominion you now walk in with the helmet of salvation you now walk in with an identity that says this is a child of god don't you dare mess with my kid you have to understand who you are the helmet is an important piece that protects a protection on the battlefield 
Some believe that the hat or helmet of the individual represents what the person stood for. And so the helmet is placed on top of the rifle, signifying the body, signifying that the battle is over and that the great sacrifice, a great sacrifice has been made. It will never be worn again. In other words, the helmet of salvation talked about in the scriptures in Ephesians 6 is your helmet to wear. Amen. Can I make a link today? Ephesians 6. Can we go there real quick and I'll show you what I'm talking about. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 14 says, Stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth. Having your loins girded with truth is what covers the reproductive area of the body. In other words, if you don't find truth, you will not have reproduction. You cannot have fruit without truth. Amen. And having on the breastplate of righteousness, that thing that covers that bulletproof vest, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Everybody say boots. That's the boot, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You need to know what you're fighting for. You need to know that those boots are walking through life to be a peacekeeper, amen, but also to fight spiritual warfare when you have to. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Here we go. He's saying your boots are going to take you places. You're going to need weapons to fight through. All Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. Your faith is like a shield. And when the enemy fights, at you, you need your faith, and your faith comes from the word of God being preached. The audible word of God going over this pulpit today is not just talent, it's not just uh, the ability to pull the scriptures together, it's not just the ability to pull ideas together, but this is the word of the Lord, and it will change your life and it builds your faith so you have a shield against the enemy. Wonder why the pastor calls you if you're gone two, three weeks? Because I know that your shield is getting smaller and it makes you vulnerable to the enemy. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Your shield is strong when you hear the word of God preached and taught. Your shield gets bigger. And the only way you can protect a brother is to lock shields. And if you have a little shield, you're, they can protect themselves, but they can't protect you. You have to have a shield of faith for yourself in order to make a wall against the enemy. And take on the helmet. Here it is. And take on the helmet of salvation, which is able Amen. And the, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. If I was to ask you today, do you know enough Word of God to fight the enemy when he comes? Yes. Do you have enough Bible in you yes. to fight the devil when he comes after you? Do you have enough... God-given word that whenever the enemy attacks you, you have a scripture to throw back at him. Because when the devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness, he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. He fought him with the eternal word because the only way to get through this temporal life is to use the eternal word to win battles, amen? Because the word of God is stronger than your situation. And I'm thankful that I know the word of God, that I have it stored here and I have it stored here. It gives me my helmet of salvation, amen? It gives me the breastplate of righteousness. It helps me to live right. Any person will tell you that if you have a life with a Bible that's worn out, probably if your Bible's falling apart, your life is not, amen? Probably if you have a, if a word of God is in your heart and on your lips regularly, if you come up and you're struggling and you see the word of God and you're just like, pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto in all preservation and supplication for all saints. You start to realize that there is scripture given to 
to you. That greater is he that is in us. You know it than he that is in the world. Amen. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen. And when your strength runs out, you know that there's strength in God and his word. And you can conquer the greatest foe with the helmet of salvation and with the sword of the spirit, which is like your rifle, the word of God. Amen. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. I'm so thankful that I have people that pray for me. I'm so thankful I had a mama that prayed. Mom, if you're watching online, I love you. See you in about 24 hours. And I'm so grateful that we can all spend time in prayer, but I'm so grateful that there's people that reach out to me and say, Pastor, I'm praying for you. It does something when you know somebody else is fighting the battle with you. Somebody said amen? Amen. Soldier's Cross stands as a tribute and memorial as we honor and remember those that have fallen. We must never forget. Jesus said at the Last Supper, do this in remembrance of me when he brought out the, the bread and the cup. Why? Not because the bread and the cup saves you. Understand, communion does not save you. That's a traditional religious uh, ritual that's, that if you take communion that you're now saved. That is not true. What it does say is Jesus is saying, when you take communion, you remember me till I come. In other words, he's saying you remember the cross and the sacrifice that I made for you. Does anybody still have a soldier's cross in their life? Does anybody still have a Savior's cross propped up in their life saying, you know what? It might be difficult. It might be hard, but I'm going to endure as a good soldier. Amen. And I'm going to celebrate the cross, sacrifice. Those who have come behind me are worth what's in front of me. What I'm battling today is worth clearing the way for those coming behind me. Amen? Stay in the fight. We have to stay in the fight. Even if things change, I want to tell you a story quick. And it's a personal story, and I'm trying to hurry because we have things to barbecue and offer up as a burnt sacrifice unto the Lord. I, that's, that's an old joke. I use it all the time. I should stop. I, I need, it's my favorite joke, so I should really filter it every time it comes up in my head. It's hard to filter that joke out. Offer up hamburgers and brats as a burnt sacrifice unto the Lord. This is what happens, folks, that are online at, at LifeSpring sometimes. pastor doesn't filter his joke. It comes through too many sermons. And so what I was... Starting out this church, basically almost the same time we launched this church, I started helping a couple by the name of Adam and Cindy Schweitzer build something known as Integrity Funeral Service in Waterford. And we began to build this funeral home, and we started as a funeral service, didn't have a funeral home, but we began to help people that had their loved ones passed away. Being a funeral director, I was their funeral director. They were going to be the owners and start this business. We were going to do a a co, you know, a collaborative thing. And we began to work, and we began to work. And many winters, I sat down there in Waterford, meeting families, helping them bury them. And I, and I thought to myself, what? Every, every once in a while, I think, what am I doing here? I'm all the way in Waterford trying to start a church in Brookfield. This doesn't make any sense. And every once in a while, I would be praying about it, and the Lord would tell me, what if? What if I want to start a work in Burlington? And I need a place for the church to meet. And I thought, we could build a funeral home. Not too many people are courageous enough to meet at a funeral home. I'll tell you that right now. But a Pentecostal church will meet there because they drive devils out. We don't worry about that. So 
I was like, that could happen. That, that could happen. So I just kept working and struggles came and transitions happened and all of this different stuff. And now we're 12 years later and they built a celebration center. We still have the funeral service, but they also built a new funeral home and a celebration center where ceremony happens. How many know important transitions in life should have ceremony with them? Amen. That's how we tell the world and the culture that this is an important thing to be remembered as we have ceremony with it. And so we built, the, They obviously there is a lot of transition and time that took place, but now that funeral home is fully running and there's a life celebration center. And about a year ago, Chris Ann came to me, Sarah's sister, and said, what, what do you think about us maybe renting the funeral home so we could have service there? And I said, I'll make a call. <laughs> I definitely will help with that. And, and I really didn't have to step in too much because Cindy has a heart toward God. And she is like, absolutely. They can rent here. They can rent the... the one church, I think it was one church was running nine to ten o'clock, and the Pentecostals came in after they cleaned up bat. They're they're the hit the switch hitters, the the cleanup batter. They just came in and hit it out of the park. So now now they're meeting for about almost a year now, I believe, in the funeral home, and I and I'm just like loving what's happening, and I'm I'm working in another place now, but but I'm just loving what's happening, and I have been praying for Cindy and Adam for so many years, and, and especially with Cindy praying for her to receive the Holy Ghost, and there was always just I just didn't know quite what what was going on, but last week last week after Save Our Nation, uh, American Youth Corps was here for Save Our Nation, and they went to Burlington and did outreach. And when they did outreach, they had a Thursday night service at the funeral home, and Cindy was in that service, and she got the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. Amen. 12 years coming. 12. I want to tell you that your witness does matter. Your good fight does matter. Keep being a soldier. Struggle and stick to it because there is something that comes with being a soldier in the army of the Lord. There is great salvation. My wife walked in and told me as I was getting ready for the day, she said, hey, there's good news. I don't want to spoil it. And I, I, I listened to what she said because I was in the bathroom and she told me and I just slumped over the scene and I said it's been so long we've been praying for so many years but God is faithful he is faithful endure hardness like a good soldier and God will win your family God will save your loved ones God will save your friends God will fill them with his spirit and God will change their life your fight does matter brothers and sisters your stand for righteousness does matter Keep obeying the orders of the Lord. Amen. You have orders, soldier. Keep on obeying those orders, and you will see God do great things in your life. God forever changed her life this last Thursday after 12 years of praying for God to fill her with the Holy Ghost. There's so much here left, but the first key in that scripture that I read to you is that it says we must endure hardship, suffer hardship, with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Paul is saying to Timothy, our society is getting forever and ever soft. Amen. There is a movement away from strength. Serving as a soldier is hard. Jesus endured great hardship. The entire Roman army was known for their, their, the cohorts and the, the thousands and hundreds of men that would be in the army and Paul was referencing this endure hardship because they would know what the Roman soldiers did. And the Roman soldiers served, and they, they would not 
um, they would not entangle themselves with life. So a Roman soldier often served for 20 years. Everybody say 20 years. Timothy would have known this reference. A Roman soldier was not allowed to marry. They were devoid of any real civilizing, uh, civilizing influence. And so they would spend their life serving the Roman Empire this way. So whenever he said, do not entangle yourself with life, he was telling Timothy, there are some things in life that you can avoid and be stronger as a soldier for Jesus Christ. I'm not saying that we should not be married. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying this was the reference that they had for a good soldier at that time in this scripture. And he was saying, this is what it's like. I, I did know a, a guy in Alaska. I lived in Alaska growing up, and I lived at the base of something known as Hatcher's Pass. And there was a guy that was an M60 machine gunner in Korea, and he was tough. I mean... Just, Brother Mike, just tough. And he lived, he was actually a homesteader in Hatcher's Pass. I lived at the base of the mountain. He lived in the mountain. Amen. And so you have to be tough to live off the land. And his life was not easy, of course. He helped build the parks highway that was out there. And he always was smiling. And you wonder, you wonder why someone would live like that. And he would have, he had this statement. He said, why would I assume my life should be easy? Why should I assume that my walk with God's going to be easy? Why should I assume that these last days, that things are going to get easier? I want you to know that the celebration that goes on inside of your heart, full of the Holy Ghost, is different than the surroundings that you're in. And I want you to know that as a good soldier, you can endure hardship, number one key. You can endure hardship no matter where you are. Anybody know what I'm talking about? John the Revelator. I was in the spirit on the Lord's Day on Isle of Patmos. Amen. He was in prison and he was in the spirit. He's like, I think I'll go ahead and worship. You know, there's a little bit of a problem if you put a soldier in prison. He's still going to be a soldier. Amen. If you put a praiser in prison, that's the worst thing you can do. You put Paul and Silas in prison, they're going to hit midnight and say, I think we ought to sing in praise. I think we ought to make a joyful noise. You're in prison. Your hands are in stocks and bonds. You've been beaten. How, why would I ever think this was going to be easy? But I have something inside of me that goes off like an atomic bomb because the Holy Ghost is in me and says, you are a good soldier. You are my soldier, and I approve of you. Every day I approve of you for standing for me, for enduring. Everybody say endurance. Second key that we must not forget is that we don't entangle ourselves with affairs of life. No soldier active or in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life. A good soldier is single-minded. Hebrews 12.1 warns about the sin that entangles us and the weights that pull us down. We have to be careful. We must lay aside every weight that easily besets us or sets us from our path. We must live for God's glory. Paul said, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I set all things aside. I forget everything. I forget those things that are behind me, and I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. There is a prize, there's a crown for your cross. Third key, and I'm finishing, the third key is that we must please the Lord Jesus. I'm not interested in applause. 
of anyone here. I love you all, but I'm not interested in your applause. I'm interested in the nail-scarred hands applauding me when I step into glory and him saying, well done, soldier. You've followed the orders in my book. You followed the right, the, you stayed in line and you followed the orders so that you may be given the statement, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want to be a good soldier because that good is the first part of the sentence that I'm going to hear when I get there, thy good and faithful servant. And I want that good in my life. So the third key is we must please the Lord so that he may be pleased. The scripture says the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Life is simple. We must please one person that is God himself. Why did Jesus come? He had a battle to face. The victory of that cross right there was won in Golgotha. It was won in Gethsemane. When he prayed, let this cup pass from me. I don't, I don't want to do this fight. I, my flesh doesn't like this battle. Do you understand that Jesus didn't even like the day that was ahead of him in his flesh? But he knew he must fulfill the will of God and go to that cross. And so he surrendered his will for God's will. And every day, Sister Carolyn, we must surrender our will for God's will. Thank you, God, for the men and women who paid the ultimate price defending our freedom. We must remember them and honor them. We too, though, must fight the good fight by enduring hardship, avoiding sin, and pleasing the Lord Jesus. Matthew 16, 24 says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross. I don't want to add words to the scripture, but can I say take up his battle cross and follow me? For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But here it is, whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he gains the whole, the whole world and he lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of the Father with his angels, and then he shall reward, everyone say reward, every man according to his works. There is a reward for the soldier. Your battle cross has a crown, brothers and sisters. I, I told this story before, but I, I want to keep obeying the orders of the Lord, even when it puts me in harm's way. I don't know how much life we have. I don't know how many days upon the earth you have. But when our days are done, I hope that people can say, that his sacrifice changed the lives of others coming behind him. I pray for my children. I pray for my daughter and my son. I pray for my family. I'm the soldier out front. And I have to change the world. And I have, when building this church, I have moved slower than some pastors because I had to make sure my children were saved. Your children are going to go somewhere, heaven or hell. 
Understand, nobody's talking about this, I know. No one's talking about hell over the pulpit anymore. But your children have an eternal destination. Hear me. And as soldiers of the cross, we have to go after them. And I was not going to build a church of 500 people and lose my children. I wasn't going to lose my wife. Build a church of 1,000 people and lose my wife. You've got to be kidding me. The first fight every day when I put my boots on the ground is to win for my kids and my home and my family. And then I go to church. And then I go to the praise team. And then I go to preaching. My first calling is to my family because if I lose them, I will never recover. If I lose this church, I can build another. If I lose this ministry, I can build another. But I cannot build another family. I am to fight the good fight. I'm to get out front and have a big enough shield to block for them and for them to stand behind me and trust me that I'm going to live the life led by Jesus Christ, my commander-in-chief. I must do the hard work. And if you don't have a man in front of you, and if you're the woman of the home, you are also the one who needs to take up the word of God and put your armor on every day and walk through life and defend everything you need to defend and fight for everything you need to fight for because this is a battle that we're in. This is serious. You hear me? I'm a joker. I love to joke, but this is serious. It cannot be more serious. This fight is for our kids, and this fight is for our homes. God, family, church, that order, always that order, Joey. God, your family, then the church. I would rather have a prayer meeting with my family than a prayer meeting with you as much as I love you. But if I have prayer meetings with my family, I will have prayer meetings here too. Amen. I haven't always got that part right because of the struggles of my own upbringing. But I tell you this, you're not going to find anybody that fights harder. Amen. I will fight hard for the ones I love just like Jesus fought hard for you. I hope this has moved your heart in some way and that you go home today and you're not just enjoying Memorial Day, but you remember, this is my sacrifice. When you have your little ones gathered around you, remember, I'm sacrificing for them to know Jesus. When you have everything that is a blessing in our American life and, and you get in your air-conditioned car and you're in your air-conditioned house, remember somebody paid for that for you. And you remember whenever you feel the presence of the Lord sneak into your life in the middle of your workday and you feel the presence of God strengthen you and give you joy, Jesus paid for that. It was his battle cross that bought that for you. Thank you, Jesus. Stand to your feet and just thank him for it. Thank you, Lord, for being my great fighter, for the one that stepped out in front of me, fought the battle for me that I could not win. I could have strived. I could have struggled. I could have done everything I could do, and I would have never made it out. But because you went first and you won the greatest victory of all time, I can have victory every single day. That when I put boots on the ground, it's not a, it, it's not a frivolous fight. 
but I know we're going to win this battle. I read the back of the book, and I know when the orders are given, there's going to be victory at the end. I'm going to celebrate you, Jesus. Come on, there's a place for soldiers at this, ar- at this altar today. I don't know what you've been struggling through. I don't know the cross you've been carrying, but your, your cross needs to be brought to an altar today. If you've been struggling or hurting or suffering, you, you have a place here. Jesus carried his cross. Why would we think we'd do anything less? Save my children. Save my family. Save this life of mine. Reach people who need to see the sacrifice that's gone before them. Let them see the battle crosses in the field. Let them see the sacrifices of missionaries and pastors and teachers who have buried their battle cross to say this was worth it. This altar call, this move of God is worth my life given to it. There's something that can be changed. Something that's changed in this sacrifice. It's worth giving my life to. It's worth giving my life for. I will build a battle cross and I will die daily for the cause of Christ.